Courage to Hope with Tony LaGreca is a show supporting the fight for sobriety against substance abuse and changing the stigma that comes along with it. Tony has been helping families, friends, and loved ones discover recovery services as well as coping skills for over six years following the death of his own son to opioids. Join Tony and his guests each week as they reveal the courage to hope. Here's your host, Tony LaGreca. Uh, thank you, Ben. Um, tonight we have a very distinguished guest, I would call him, uh, Greg Brasso, who is working, actually com- comes on and follows me at 7 o'clock. So it's a little little kind of a different exchange going to happen tonight. But what, what Greg has been doing uh, kind of follows right into what I call the courage to hope. And I'd like to start off with, with Greg and uh, thank him for coming here tonight. And Greg, I know you recently got some awards and that one thing I'd like to recognize so people understand what type, how in-depth your work has been and what you've been up to. Thanks. Thanks, Tony. And thanks so much for inviting me on tonight. Yeah, we've been on the air now for almost eight and a half years. And over the last uh, three or four years, we've been fortunate to uh, uh, receive almost uh, 11 awards uh, prior to the last couple of months. Uh, in the last couple of months, uh, uh, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, uh, Cheryl Poppy, uh, uh, nominated me uh, to the committee uh, from the Mass Coalition for Suicide Awareness. Uh, I was chosen as the annual recipient on behalf of the show because of our excellence in, in our 25 broadcasts targeting uh, the problem with suicide especially veteran suicide. And just a couple of days ago, we were honored, so honored by the national VA to award us one of three national awards for excellence in promoting the VA and helping to create a positive uh, environment uh, for uh, and awareness for veterans. Uh, we'll be flying down to Washington in mid-August to uh, receive the uh, received the, the award, and uh, like I said, it's only one of three groups in the nation that received it for the year 2022. Well, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, but now getting on the serious side, you know, this, you know, I've been dealing with the opioid epidemic, and one of the things that I've realized is a lot of the soldiers, veterans coming back from different areas that were involved with Afghanistan and Iraq, um, they all seem to come back, and a lot of them came back addicted to opioids. And, and then you throw in depression or some type of an injury. Um, I could see where, where the suicide statistics get pretty out of control. And tell me, what do you do? How do we, how do we stop this? This has like been going on for as long as I can remember. Well, I, I think one of the ways is to increase the awareness of the symptoms of when somebody is starting to withdraw. And Jenny Babcock from the, the uh, Plymouth County Coalition puts it very out front. Uh, do you feel okay? Are you thinking of taking your life? Our co-host, Chuck Delaney, uh, and tanker, uh, veteran, um, uh, recovering uh, alcoholic for 27 years, he's happy to say. Uh, lost his son, uh, he's talked about it over the radio, lost his son 17 years ago to suicide. He didn't recognize it. 
it's not easily recognizable, but if you look hard and you see a change in someone, don't be afraid to ask the question because oftentimes they're, they're, they're so troubled and problemed that they go further and further inward and when there's no hope, Tony. Yeah, well, that's what you've got to have is you, hope. You've got to have, and that's where they end up, Tony, without hope. Yeah, I was going to say, when, does, do you feel that depression is the major thing or is it depression... Um, is there addiction going along with the depression that's making it worse? I mean, how do you, how do you even judge that or where do you start from? No, no doubt, Tony, that, that the addiction uh, coming back from uh, the multiple deployments overseas and, the, and, the, and the, the, the type of warfare where there was no front line. You didn't know who was the enemy. You didn't know which part of the street was, was anywhere with the... Uh, 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 improvised electronic devices laying around every street corner. Uh, you know, the vets come back and they go on multiple uh, assignments, so they're taking some pills that maybe will heighten their awareness. Uh, it keeps going, it keeps going, and all of a sudden they come back home and they're slowing down. Where's their friends? Where's their sergeant? Maybe yeah. their their buddy sitting beside them got blown up in a truck, and they survived. Their partner didn't. So now, on top of everything else, there's some survivor guilt thrown in there, and and so it's. I don't think any two stories are the same, but they're all similar. Yeah, I I totally understand that. The PTSD must be pretty high on this list as far as. Things that they have to look out for, and no, no, no doubt. And now with all of the studies going on, uh, we're going to have some of those uh, researchers uh, in Quincy in a couple of weeks. But what they're seeing is the con repeated concussions of noise, uh, whether it's through training or actual in, in warfare. Those concussions, each or those. I guess is a, a, a noise, the loud, each loud noise causes another little concussion in your brain. Right. I, I understand that, and you were talking to me about the Navy SEALs. Oh. And, and we know the Navy SEALs are doing demolition underwater, and they're getting the pressure of the, of the um, concussion of just the motion of the water hitting the foreheads and stuff. Uh, has the government of the military doing anything about it, or are they allowing the new recruits to go through the same thing? Well, I, 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 really, I really don't know for sure, Tony, but I know the military is looking very highly at, at this subject. Um, you, you can't expect a human being to take so many concussions in training, then go out in the field and actually blow things up on a targeted basis. Um, Unfortunately, the rate of SEALs taking their lives is probably 50% higher than the enlisted men and women. Their separation anxiety is getting to them. Their, their loneliness is getting to them. And we have a local SEAL, Anthony O'Brien, a highly decorated SEAL. He and his family are actually going to be singing the Star Spangled Banner for us at our event in a couple of weeks. Uh, now let's talk about that event because we'll we'll mention it several times. 
It's called the Veterans Music Festival. The Gathering of Heroes is what it's yeah. been dubbed now. Okay, the Gathering of Heroes. So it sounds good. I mean, I mean, it's it's true. Like everybody says, oh, let's salute the veterans, and we give them, we let them get on an airplane first, and this and that. But then when it comes to this, I, I'm challenge. going to challenge the the service that a veteran gets when they come back. Do they, you know, do they actually have um, therapists, you know, that are good qualified therapists that are helping them? When they go to the VA hospital, when do they really look and see what's going on? Well, we're, I can only speak for the New England region. That's fine. It's, it's called Vision One. There's like seven or eight or nine or ten visions. Just geography. You understand, Tony, that we're New England and maybe oh, part yeah. of New York, and that's Vision One. And we are blessed to have such cooperation between the Bedford VA Hospital, Jamaica Plain, uh, Brockton, uh, the, uh, did I say the Bedford already? And all of the primary hospitals in the city of Boston are all on board. And for years, the VA locally has been working with the local hospitals. And if someone came in with a problem that was above their head, oh, they'd, they'd call somebody at Dana-Farber or Mass General or wherever it needed to be. And that model has now been been copied across the country as the methodology for veterans to VA hospitals to expand their services uh, while not performing it in-house, but referring them to a qualified expert in that field where the treatment would be yeah, paid I, for. I, was look, I actually happened to be in uh, Jamaica Plain last night, and I was down below the Veterans Hospital that's in JP, and I was looking at how many rooms they have and how huge it is. Um, do you have any idea how many men are there for, for like loss of limbs or physical problems versus how many of them are there because of depression and addiction problems? Um, most of uh, uh, J JP treats those issues. Uh, West Roxbury is more of a long-term care yeah, that seems facility. to be for the older guys that are, they, you know, Korean War veterans and Vietnam veterans, and and then the current one seems to be more for the, for the Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, I, I work with a group that uh, 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 called the Tracks Program, and what they do is they pay veterans to come in to take a complete head to toe physical, mental, down to, from from head to toe, every possible thing. They pay them a few hundred bucks for a day of one-on-one -on -one treatment, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, not treatment, questions and answers, and developing a, a knowledge of that veteran today, paying them to come back again in three or four years and take another physical. Yeah, it's a tracking system. That's the other thing I wanted to ask you. When the a veteran comes back from Afghanistan and they've, got depression and they're taking opioids or alcohol and so on. Or both? Or both. Um, the suicides that happen, do they happen within the first or second year or do they happen over extended period of time? I mean, is there any tracking of when the when the different events occur? You know, when, when is the key time to really, you should always be looking, but yeah. when is the most crucial time that's been in the past? What does the record show? Um. 
the 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 records right now show that the older veterans are taking their lives far more regular than the younger vets. Older the ones. Vietnam veterans, especially, uh, they're losing their buddies. They have fewer people to talk to. Their families maybe don't understand, and they lose that camaraderie. So our good friend Chuck and our co-host, um, he's created a series of veterans coffee socials that are held, I think it's 30, got 30 or 40 locations across Massachusetts, Hingham, Hull, Weymouth, and every, on a regular basis, uh, the veteran services officer gets a couple of jugs of joe from the coffee shop, puts it in front of a bunch of vets, and walks back and just let them talk. And they just share camaraderie, whatever. A couple of guests, you know, a couple of guests uh, might come in to talk about benefits or things like that. But primarily, it's just the vets getting the chance to Be get together. back together. Yeah, that's I think that's really key. And I know the as a guy who coaches baseball teams, it's the camaraderie of the oh. team, you know, that makes the difference. I, I played softball for. 20 years, and it was, and when we approached our late 30s and were stopping to play, they, they were my extended family, closer than my family, because we wanted to be together. My family, we were stuck with our families, you know, but, but all of us, we were kind of crazy, but we were crazy together, and uh, that, that separation, I still feel it today, and it's 20 years ago. Yeah, well, that's why I still play. Yeah, that's why I still, I still referee. Yeah, so you still have to have that camaraderie. People, we're a, we're a, you know, type of human beings are social animals. Yep. We need to have that socialness. And again, if they feel alone and they feel depressed, that's the number one thing we want to look for. Um, let, let's talk about the Veterans Music Festival. Go yes, ahead sir. and tell me all the things we're doing here. It looks like a, a loaded day for four hours. Well, it, it sure is. It, uh, we're going to open the gates at uh, 10 o'clock. We've got uh, Anthony O'Brien, uh, Navy SEAL, and his two sons are going to sing the Star Spangled Ban Banner a cappella in a, in a great rendition. A couple of quick little thank yous. Uh, no long speeches, no, no whatever. We're going to get right into the the, the opening which we were going which we will have 150 tables full of veterans uh, uh, information all the way from VA benefits to Department of Veterans Services from the Commonwealth of Mass to the Red Cross to the Gold Star Wives to all, all sorts of uh, 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 benefit providers the VA will be there with all of their directors of all their various uh, uh, groups from uh, supported housing uh, uh, to health care to, boy, maybe, maybe you didn't know that as, as an Agent Orange sufferer, there's, new, there's some new benefits out there for you. So just to talk to the veteran services officers that'll be there en masse, come and find out what you're missing. Come and find out what you don't know. So that's the basic kind of theory of the, of the show. But to keep them interested, we will have uh, a, a great uh, uh, lunch planned with uh, ribs, um, uh, clam chowder, hot dogs, hamburgs, 
1,500 ice cream bars were just donated to us by the New England Ice Cream Company. Yeah, I understand you got a lot of cooler chests that you're taking care of for those. Full of ice, full of dry ice. Oh, what a problem. Uh, uh, you know, that's the good news. We got 1,500 ice creams uh, donated. How do you keep them cold overnight? Yes, I know. <laughs> um, so all of this is free? Yeah, it's all free to the veterans. And one of the things that's come across is, uh, unfortunately, within the veterans' population, Parkinson's disease is a tremendous problem. According to VA statistics, there's a million Parkinson's sufferers in the, in the country. 110,000 are veterans. 11% of all Parkinson's sufferers are veterans. 11 times the average of what it should be by the numbers of how many have served. And it's because it's directly now attributable to Agent Orange, time at Camp Lejeune, and now the newest one is burn pits, especially to the new oh, yeah. Iraq, Afghanistan kids that have been uh, subject to the uncontrolled fires burning every night with every piece of imaginable and unimaginable waste gets thrown into a giant hole in the ground every night at 5 o'clock, a 55-gallon drum of jet fuel and everything, I mean, everything that you could think of, nothing is left out of there. Uh, and the smoke and the fumes and the and the, and the plastics that are burning and the, and the everything yeah, else I, that's I, I can understand how we can take pictures of... Uh, of uh, universities, um, I mean, of, of um, out in outer space that are five billion year, light years away. Yeah. And there is not enough intelligence to understand that you don't burn things like this and actually have people go out there and stand there while it's while it's happening. Oh, the smoke is so, so, I, so I know. I, it just floats over everything. I've watched it on TV. I've seen what they're like, and I'm like, it just astonishes me that, that they... And I have to blame the government, whoever's the one putting this together. Yeah, you just bury it. You don't have to burn it. No, Whatever. they can't leave anything for the enemy to find. Yeah, well, then take it home with you. Well. That's my opinion. You can't, you yeah, just yeah, can't do I, that. I understand, Tony. Or, or at least recirculate the smoke. Get a giant, get a couple of giant boilers that, that you know, you can, that, but those cost money. A lot more money for a giant eat smoke boiler than a 55-gallon drum of jet fuel. Yeah, I understand, but it's still, it's unacceptable. I agree. I don't know what the answer is, but it's unacceptable if we have people uh, who are developing Parkinson's disease and other things and just getting uh, just mentally ill over it. That's It's unacceptable. And, and the Parkinson's problem it doesn't hit right away. You don't get out of the service in one year and get Parkinson's the second it might be 10, 20, 20 30, 40 years uh, until the symptoms start to show. So based on this giant need, um, for the last six months I've been assembling a dream team of, of Parkinson's uh, uh, world that we could identify, and we're actually creating the world's first Parkinson's pavilion aimed at veterans' problems ever put together headlined by the Michael J. Fox Foundation, supported by 110 Fitness, the leading treatment center here in Rockland, supported by the VA, supported by St. Elizabeth's Hospital, supported by Mass General Hospital, 
and I'm sure there's one or two other National Parkinson's Foundation will be there. And for the first time, this group will be assembled in one spot to talk mm. about the veterans' problems, and they're so in the same world and doing such similar things. Tony, I'm going to bring them together in our world so that they can commiserate and share with each other and, and not duplicate, but join forces. And the Michael J. Fox Foundation is actually looking for a bunch of veterans, volunteers to donate a couple of drops of blood for their own gene uh, theories. Their, their clinicians want to look at the genes in their blood couple of years out, five or ten years out, so they can isolate the Parkinson's gene and then eliminate it. God, don't know how. I know. And somebody told me once that, you know, you, you die with Parkinson's disease, never from Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And I, and I didn't understand that at first, yeah. but because I was thinking of my father and my former father-in-law, he, he had Parkinson's and he lost his balance. And fell over backwards on the stairs. He went into, you know, he never recovered from getting knocked out. But he didn't have Parkinson's. It would have never happened. Sure. You know. So. Sure. Well, and there's still no cure for Parkinson's. There's only treatment. That's all. Oh yeah, they can either put the little transmitter in your brain. Well, the Boston Scientific. I knew I was going to leave leave out a giant powerhouse. Yeah. They will be at the Parkinson's Pavilion as well. Because they make a little wire that you know about, it sounds like. Yes, I do. And, and they and put the wire into the, uh, into the brain. And s I, what does it do? Divert electro electronics? It tries to, tries to slow them down a little bit so that you, they stop shaking. Yeah. The trembling part. It's, I, I've seen it work for one guy one way and a different for another. One guy stopped stuttering and was able to have good speech. And then another person, uh, it helped him stop shaking, but it didn't help him with the speech problem. So it works differently for different people, and I'm no expert by any means other than observation. Well, come, come and meet the experts, Tony. Come and hang around for a little while. They're so friendly. They're so knowledgeable. They're so my best friends now. Uh, they, they're just wonderful to deal with. And, in fact, we have such a tremendous audience of, of experts uh, uh, there that we've decided to open up this festival to all Parkinson's uh, sufferers. And Doesn't matter whether they're a veteran or not. Absolutely not. Okay. We need you to find out what's going on. The, the, the true stuff, you've, you've seen things on television, you hear things about whatever. Whew, not, nothing m more at the forefront than the clinicians at the Michael J. Fox foundation and they're leading the uh, 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 effort here but it just so happens we have one of the world's leading treatment centers for Parkinson's in Rockland Mass it's called 110 Fitness our dear friend Brett Miller is the uh, president and leader and the treatment that they that they now offer to be the most beneficial is boxing Really? It, I would have thought the banging on the head would have been worse. No, the, the boxing is... Oh, into, a, into the... It, it, they have counselors. They have trainers there. And they work one-on-one -on -one with different sufferers. And you mentioned the trembling. After 15 minutes of boxing, the trembling goes away and they become rock steady. 
and that's a, that's the name of a program in Chicago of several gyms together, and that's what they call themselves, Rock Steady. Just so we're clear on that, we're not punching each other in the head. No. We're punching a person who's holding a glove or holding a pad, and they're just doing the swinging motion. And, and so we we're going to have live demonstrations of that at the event. So okay. people are going to see what the how, how simple the motion is. And, and I, I, I can't tell you why that's so effective. Brett Miller in the audience, in the group, uh, certainly can. Uh, I, I'm just so thrilled to be hanging around with such smart people. Uh, it, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's great and it's wonderful that now the Michael J. Fox Foundation has asked me to help them with their PPMI project. I'm, I don't know what it stands for. But, it's, but what they're going to do is to uh, test as many veterans as they can to keep this disease away from them and maybe find a cure, maybe not for this generation, but maybe it's for the next generation of veterans or their, their, their next generation. Now, one thing I've also noticed is um, I've known probably a dozen people with Parkinson's and they're all men. Is there a thing where women don't get Parkinson's like men do? Well, maybe in the military is more is, is more men. Is more, I get more that. Men. Yeah. So, you know, that's a great question. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna research that, Tony, and find out. I'm sure I can get a, a couple of well, theories. Also, going back 30, 40 years ago, uh, there wasn't that many women playing contact sports. No. Now they're playing soccer and basketball and field hockey and. Soccer and, and lacrosse. I'm a high school soccer official, and and for a while, they outlawed heading the ball at the high school level. It's back in now. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. It's not a good idea. Unfortunately, I, not. It's it, it's just not at the high school level, and the, and not only that, the game is one thing, but they train for five days before the game. That's right, and they're banging their heads constantly. Going going back to the veterans. Uh, to the to this event, so if you are a veteran and you have children, there are games for the kids, and there are sports competitions, and there is all of course the free food, but there's also a lot of live music being played. So bring the family with you. Don't come by yourself unless you really want to. But if you have children and you want to have them get involved and have them, it's a great day, and it goes from ten to three. It's also pageant field is um, right near Adams Baseball Field. And it's a one Marymount Parkway Quincy. So if you're listening to us on the North Shore, just put in one Marymount Parkway Quincy and you will find it. Your GPS will get you right there. You can't miss it. And one more note, if you are on your GPS and it says one vet Vietnam Veterans Parkway, that is another street sign that is right there. But either way, you can't miss it. It's a good spot to be in, not too far from the uh, Quincy Police Station. No, it's, it's very close, and we've got plenty of parking, great handicapped access, the field. We have 34 acres at Pageant Field. We take over the whole field just about. So if, if you're coming in a wheelchair, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you know, it's all one level. We have all preferred parking for those uh, with uh, that, that might have some challenges, but uh, uh, this is the third year we did it. We're doing it. We had about a thousand veterans and their family members there last year. We're, we're thinking there might be fifteen hundred, and we can fit two or three thousand. Not to worry. The the park itself is wonderful, and 
we're going to have a lot of food available for everybody to enjoy. And Ben, you're going to be broadcasting from there? I will be there on behalf of WMEX, and yes, we are going to be doing live radio cut-ins, so any of our WMEX listeners that want to come out, another great opportunity to meet the good guys, meet the veterans, and to help find some of those services that give people the courage to hope, gentlemen. And if you, if you want to meet Ben, just look for the guy with the WMEX hat that's walking around with a microphone. And a, and, a, and a little bit of radio equipment <laughs> underneath his arm, so that's it. Greg told me once that I looked like I was walking around with a, a belt of bullets walking around. Those were just XLR cords for the microphone. <laughs> yeah, so at this moment, um, Ben, we're going to take a timeout and have a few words from our sponsors. Alone, scared, angry, <coughs> full of self-pity. Can you do, I just can wanted you do, to die, uh, so I took another drink. Then I heard about yeah, AA and went to my first meeting. Oh, by the, way, the people the way, there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. This week, they gave me help to stop drinking and hope oh, to start yeah, living. Sold out. Already? Visit AA.org for more like information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting a near you. Tony LaGreca here. What's going to happen I want to tell you about a special event coming this October. Finding Hope in Grief is a support conference scheduled to take place on October 22nd and 23rd at the Doubletree Hilton in Westboro, Mass. The conference is for anyone who lives and works in Massachusetts and is bereaved by the death of a loved one from substance use. If you are interested in attending the conference and sharing a weekend of hope, healing fellowship, and remembrance, sadod.org. The conference is sponsored by the Department of Public Health from the Bureau of Substance Addiction Services, also supported by the AdCare Educational Institute. Again, that's sadod.org to register and sign up early. When you need to feed a lot of people in a pinch, call Angelina's Embratery, the home of the Jumbo. Angelina's is famous for the hand-tossed Italian style and their subs are, dare we say, Jumbo. Here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that Angelina's has a full-service ice cream bar? You know, spring is heating up. And Angelina's has countless flavors for cones, fraps, quartz, pints, and more. Feed your family with Angelina's today, and you'll receive $5 back with any $25 purchase. And to top it all off, Angelina's delivers, ensuring you can enjoy their great food from the comfort of your own home. Stop by Angelina's at 419 Elm Street in Braintree, just one mile from the Union Street exit. You can call ahead at 780. 781-843-7827. That's 781-843-7827 to place your order. You can also order online at angelinasjumbo.com. Angelina's in Braintree, the home of the jumbo. Here we go. Tony, going hot. Take it back when you're ready. Okay, thank you, Ben. And we were chatting here during those commercials. Uh, We're going to let Ben explain to everybody how you could... um, be able to hear my show and then also hear uh, the Veterans Show, which follows every single Thursday at the same one right after the other. One's at 6 and the other one's at 7, and they're both on WMEX. Bang, bang, 1-2, guys. That's the way it and, works here. And, and I will tell you that if you're south of Boston and the signal goes a little softer at nighttime for WMEX listeners, just go to WMEXBoston.com and you can, you can hear... Mr. Brasso's voice in stereo. It's true. And Greg sounds pretty good in stereo, let me tell you, man. Yeah. I, I might sound better than I look in stereo. Uh, you know, thank God for color radio here. We're in uh, we're in good shape. And, and and I grew up with WMEX, so it's such a thrill to be uh, 
part of the resurgence, and I, I was with, uh, I, if I could throw this in, yesterday the city of Quincy hosted 200 disabled vets for the 64th year and provided them with 25 lobster boats at their disposal to take them out on a five-hour fishing cruise, followed by a beautiful uh, baked chicken uh, with all the fictions, dinner, a gift bag of all sorts of little trinkets and things. I, I was in, fortunate enough to be invited. What a, a, a tremendous time. Boy, we, we have a market for smiles here in our food drive through but boy, the smiling faces on those veterans on the boats as they were pulling out and, and, and coming back in. No fish. Nobody caught any fish. There was like three flounders and four skates were caught. You know, 200 fishermen. Well, I there, was wondering you know? why you're eating chicken instead of fish when you there, came there back was in. None. I, it's I called ca Plan B. I, I, I caught a flounder. It was about the size of my iPhone. You, you know, it would give us like a half a nugget. A, a, a piece. I was going to say, I think they called that a mini fish, Greg. That, yeah. was, that, was, that was almost like a cheese zip. Uh, you know, cheese, <laughs> he, a cheese goldfish. <laughs> you know, we would have had more nutrition. But a great time was had, and the city of Quincy really stepped up for that event. As they're stepping up for our event as well. They're providing the field, the permits, uh, uh, making contacts, uh, uh, just helping us with all of the... Uh, joining the committee to help us to 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 put this together, Ben. You know we've been we've been putting this together since the day after last year's show ended. It's true. It's true, and it really does take an army's effort to put this kind of thing together. And keep in mind, folks, it's free. There is no ticket. There is no admission. There is nobody making money on this event. It's all about resources education and benefits giving back to the veterans their families their friends and the people that are in their lives and we talk about having the courage to hope on this show all of the time it's events like this that really help bring a community together and let the veterans and their families know they are not alone now <clears throat> i have one big thing i'd like to go along and offer with this um, i was talking to greg and if you're a wmex listener and you're you have a business and you've been trying to hire people and i know how tough it's been to find people to come to work for you right now greg is offering a free table for anybody who's a wmex business owner if you would like to come next saturday and get to meet some veterans to come by your booth come by your stand um Want to elaborate on that? Sure, sure. Yes, thanks a lot, Tony. Yeah, we just came up, you know, kind of put this together, but uh, we're going to have about 75 uh, tables there, maybe 100 tables available for employers that are looking to hire veterans. Mass Hire, uh, the Department of Unemployment Services, is taking out four tables so they can offer counseling services. Um but the thing is, there's going to be a lot of veterans going by there that are looking for work. They're, and family members that are looking for work. So no matter what type of, of job you, you may have, I mean, what we really want life-sustainable jobs. But, you know, veterans are looking for part-time jobs. Amazon just decided they're going to join us. So they have mm. more than full-time. They have part-time. They have... Whatever, whatever time. Quarter time. Uh, they, they certainly do. And, it, and they can uh, fix your schedule 
of work may be around schooling. You know, with their with their flexible shifts and twenty four hour craziness. Oh yeah. You know, so there's so much that, that to do. Would love to have any uh, business owners out there that uh, would like to have some leaders come up and talk to them. And not only that, the networking that goes on between the tables themselves is worth twice, Tony, all the veterans that might walk by. That's absolutely correct. If I can elaborate a little bit on that, Greg, that's why it's so key and important that we're going to be there on behalf of WMEX putting these businesses on the air. That is an added benefit that you are not going to get anywhere else. Of course, anybody could sign up for a trade show somewhere, kind of pick a table, and you know, that's awesome. But when you actually have that on the same day as you have a microphone in front of you and you have the ability to be heard by everyone across Wemax land, that is something that money just can't buy. And that is why it's so important for everybody to realize the importance of this kind of event. It's a one-day thing. It's a year of them in the making. And, and we haven't even really scratched the surface on any of the other things that are happening there this day. I mean, but you said it best, guys. You know, it, it's all about the veterans, their families, and how to help make life less sufferable. And let's be honest, there are a lot of people out there suffering. Today was no different in the veterans' free food drive through They were sold out before they even opened. It was crazy. Yeah, I was say, was it 6,000 pounds of food today? Easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. C. from Weymouth was out there at the crack of, well, I can't say dark, yeah. but at 10 o'clock sharp, he was out there solo by himself opening up that trailer. He said, give it time. They'll be here. I blinked a couple of times. Next thing I know, there were 20 volunteers everywhere. And that's what the, the community is all about, is coming together to make it happen for people. And that's what we're going to do on July the 23rd. And, and, that, and that's, you know, a lot of those volunteers, Ben, are going to be there at our event because uh, it's another event. We got to go. You, you, oh, you yeah, know, we, we have to be there. We have, you know, the food to cook and serve the food is really quite an ordeal. And we're fortunate that the Norfolk County Sheriff's Department. I was just going to ask you, is Sheriff McDermott going to be there with his bang? Not only he has a tactical cooking unit. Have you seen mm -hmm. that? No, I have. It, it's it, impressive, it, Tony. It's a, it's a giant truck, almost like an oil truck, that opens up, and it's lined with barbecue grills. It's a gourmet kitchen on wheels. <laughs> That's and they yeah. and they not only cooked last year, but they brought burgers and dogs along with them. So yeah. a great thanks and a shout out to Sheriff McDermott and his and his band of volunteers. Uh, we, we we have a great group. And, and we have to give a great shout-out to the ROTC kids uh, from, from Quincy, both North Quincy High and Quincy. Last year, they were there at 7 o'clock, and they had 100 tables and chairs set up by 7.30, quarter of 8. It's true. I saw them. My you own saw two them. eyes. There, there, was, there was like a, a flock what, of What them. does that mean, ROTC kids? ROTC, it's a Reserve Officer Training Candidates. And it says quasi-military. Um, kind of like young Marines. Yes, exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. Similar to junior ROTC without all the officiality. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And we have about 25 or 30 of them that show up between 7 and 10. And then at 1 o'clock or maybe 2 o'clock, another 25 show up. And we the show breaks at 3. By 3.30, every table is folded. Every chair is assembled. 
and acquiring for the Quincy DPW sends their their men working on their own time to pick up and clean up all the mountain of trash that we neatly stack and leave behind with the knowledge that, oh no, it's, it's going to be gone very up. shortly. Well, that's very good. I was going to say, I talked to Sheriff McDermott, <clears throat> and he is the guy that walks the walk. Um, and his one of his things he told me was that 80% of people who get incarcerated are have addiction problems. Really? Their really? crimes are related to addiction. Wow. And I'm sure plenty of them are veterans as well. And again, it goes back to being, uh, they're addicted. They need the money to keep their, uh, you know, to keep their habit going. But it's, they, people have to understand, when you get addicted to opioids, it's the drug controls the person. The person doesn't control the drug. The drug. It's not a decision that you can make whether you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. It, try to imagine yourself to saying to yourself, well, I'm never going to eat anymore. It's just as hard to stop eating as it is to stop opioids. Opioids take control of the front lobes of your brain, and it's just a big fight that they've got to have help with. Uh, there is a, um, a, a bill in the House right now that passed the House nationally called MAT, which is a assisted treatment programs that will be free for one year if we can get it approved in the Senate. Wonderful. And, and that's a type of thing where it's, they use suboxidin or, or bupropamine, and it's treated with a doctor, and it's a way to get off of opioids and get away from the addiction without being dope sick. And that's why, I, unfortunately, I drove down Methadone Mile last night <laughs> in, uh, over by Boston Medical Center. There had to be 500 people there. Still, a bank. Oh, yeah. oh they're, they're all back. back. 500 people there, tents are back, and I, you could actually see people shooting up right on the sidewalk, and it's awful. And But those people need, they don't want to be there. That's what people got to understand. They don't want to be there, but that drug is, is controlling their life, and they need to have some kind of assisted medical treatment to get off of it, and our government's failing, failing big time. I don't care what anybody says. You go there and you see what's happening to these people. Um, it's terrible, and it's and it's spreading out. It's more used to be in a cluster of little area. That in that cluster, there's quite a few, but that cluster is now spreading out over to uh, I don't know the name of the road. It's something Cash Highway, and it's spreading out. Mass Cass. It's at it's at the intersection of Ma uh, Mass Avenue and, yeah, right. Ma and Melnia Cass it's, Highway. It's, it's kind of it's extending itself towards Fenway Park, and then it's going towards Andrew Square, going the other way. Yeah, both of them, it's, grow, it's growing that much, huh? It is. I mean, you see parties of four and five and everything on the side. And we've got to take care of these people. Again, you, you'll never see in any of their yearbooks. If you follow up on some of them, you'll find a good bunch of them are college graduates. I'm willing to bet you a lot of them are veterans. And they're just people that were given a prescription, and one day they were a patient, and now they're an addict. And this is the th kind of thing that we, we have to stop prescribing opioids. And the military has to stop prescribing them when we're in battle. And going back a little deeper, we need to make sure we don't get into battles anymore. We need to stay out of other countries so we don't have so many veterans that have been involved with listening to bombs going off and, you know, PTSD from trying to dodge huge bullets. I mean, bullets that when they hit you in the shoulder, they blow a hole in your shoulder, not put a little bullet in like dragnet days. You know, we, we, this is the, these military weapons are, 
outrageous. And we shouldn't even be involved in any kind of situation where we have to avoid bullets. I mean, that's because, you know, it's always guys. There's two guys somewhere. Like right now, there's there's Putin making, you know, trying to fill his ego. And uh, think about who we've had elected, but I don't want to get into politics. But the egos that certain people we try to satisfy, you know, and they're not in the front line. They're not on the front line. They're sending people out on the front line. They don't even care what happens to them because they're too worried about some sort of alternative on the other end. Yeah, it goes back to hundreds of years. Humans have always been warriors when times of non-peace have come about, but human beings were not meant to war constantly. We were meant to love, we were meant to heal, and we were meant for bigger, better things. And you're right, it's, it's all about the structure around us and the government, it is what it is, but accountability is far more than just is what it is. And people need to be accountable for that. So, Greg, what haven't I asked you that you'd like to tell everybody? Well, I, I just think that there's a real devotion uh, uh, coming from the, the government, and there's a new program that's coming out. One of the things that we've railed about for years on the show is that we have the highest trained military fighting force in the world. We spend years of training and millions of dollars in training and 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 make them the best of, of what they can be. Um, unfortunately, with two years of training, they were giving one year of exit help, transition assistance. And the veterans, the soon-to-be veterans by that last week, are so ready to get out that, that they don't want to listen to a bunch of suits. Tell them how, how good it's going to be on the outside. And, and oh, get your VA benefits. Oh, and do this and snore, snore, snore. And that, that last week just flies by. Well, now there's a program called ETS. It stands for Early Termination of Service. And they've been on our show twice already. And it's a, a government uh, initiative where they're going to start transition assistance six months before that person is discharged. And they're gonna, Good idea. And they're going to do this by assigning a sponsor on the outside for one-on-one -on -one counseling, whether it's whatever it might be that that, that that soldier, him or her, might have questions about getting out. Gee, how do, where do I go? How do I transfer my 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 veterans earned um, education credits now that I can transfer to college? How do I do that? What colleges are friendly? How much? What do I get? Uh, so there's so many questions that can be pre-answered, and if the first sponsor or counselor isn't correct, they have a whole myriad of counselors all over the country. Well. From all walks of life, just that want to help the vets to transition. So they will be at the event, ETS program. They're looking for folks that want to sign up and volunteer to maybe talk to a vet to help him or her with that transition assistance, with whether it's housing, education, all the things we talked about. But mainly, I think one of the things that we want to talk about is health care and long-term health care, and how necessary it is for all these vets to sign up with the VA the day they get out. 
whether they need it, whether they think they'll never need it, you never can tell. Yeah, so basically, this program is like the opposite of when one's a pulley, and they're going in in a six months, then they have their recruiter who teaches them all about what boot camp's going to be like and what you have to do and what you shouldn't do when you get to boot camp. Yep. And this is going to be the reverse of that. So yes. And that it's good to have it six months prior to the time, and hopefully it's mandatory that they have to give it some time. Oh, oh it is. Oh, yeah, it is. That's it's, good. And it's starting in the Midwest around Texas and a lot of the big bases. That that we we don't have too many bases around here, so you know we have a few, but not to the level of Virginia and Florida yep. and and you know those areas. Yeah. Uh, but they're all going to be enacting this program and. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll it'll have a positive effect on the suicide because it will give them courage to have hope. That's right. It, it, exactly. And not, it, and that's what they need. They already have courage. They've that's already right. proved that. Right. Now we have to reinstill hope. Okay. I like your play on words there. It fits well for our show. Um, going back to the very beginning, uh, about two years ago, the numbers I heard were 21 would die in a day. Yeah. Where are we at today with that? The, the government has maintained about that level, 20 to 21 to 22. Unfortunately, those are only veterans that have signed up with the VA and are identifiable. A third of all veterans never signed up for the VA. Any veteran that dies homeless, they don't know he or she is a veteran. It's not tattooed on their arm, hey, I'm a veteran. Uh, so there's a lot of John and Jane Doe's that just get take their lives. They're, they're, they're on methadone mile. Nobody knows who, the, who they are. Yeah. And, and those folks aren't counted. So Chuck Delaney, our co-host and peer-to-peer -peer counselor, he swears it's closer to 30, if not more. They're just not... Able to track them. them all. Yeah, I feel the same way about opioid deaths. Oh, no question. And right now they're tracking around 200 a day. Yeah. And of that 200, I'm wondering how many that never get an autopsy and they think they just died in their sleep of, a, of their heart fall stopping or something and they think, call it a heart attack or call it something different. Because people over 50 who die um, of opioids Nine out of ten times, they just call it whatever they think it is. And sure. There's never any need for even an autopsy. They just have a service, and that's the end. Sure, sure. You know? But, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of uh, housing uh, elements for, for veterans out there that a lot of the different agencies maintain housing for the vets to come in and out. Unfortunately, some, some of them aren't clean housing. And... and you know they, but they almost figure at least the vets sleeping inside, and they're not outside. So it's a real fine line of balance of help, n not being an enabler. It kind of is, but they're kind of trying to save their life. And like Wolfie and I, my co-host, we don't really know anything. He and I, but we know a lot of people that do. And it just seems to be a quandary of all these smart people. There's not one answer. There's yeah. not one answer, although Chuck will say it needs to be sober living in all of the assisted veterans' housing. Uh, I agree with that 100%.
What about the stigma? And with opioid oh. epidemic, we have a terrible stigma problem. What's the problem? You know, where do the vets? Uh, how does that fall in with those guys? It is as important and major a stigma it is to civilians. Ten times as important to the veterans, because as they're exiting the the the, the, the military, and they and they and the last question is, "Gee, how are you feeling?" Don't say that you're not feeling good. You go to the end of the line, you get a rubber stamp, and now you go through the counseling. And now it goes on your permanent record. So, you know what? I'm I'm ready to go. It's all good. What do you need what do you want me to say? I'll say whatever I gotta do, because I'm going home. Wow. That's interesting. So they 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 actually have the option to to just know they they even probably discuss it amongst their fellow uh, to a point but they're even afraid to share amongst each oh I'm to you know that that uh, um, it's 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 tough to have to rely on on a drug and hide it and and then what are you going to do when you get out but I, I think the VA is, is looking at alternative therapies, looking at different whole whole life kind of perspective, and there's going to be a lot of whole life, different type of therapy uh, agencies that are going to be at the, at the event, so you can kind of see what the state of the state is. I mean, we have a community rowing initiative going on. We're going to have adaptive uh, rowing machines there for, for disabled vets to, to, to come mm -hmm. in and row. But for regular vets to come in and row, just to do something, to it's be around that terrific. community. No, that's again. a good exercise. Um, before we go, Greg, I want to ask you, what motivates you? You've been doing this for how long? 16 years I've been a veterans advocate. Eight years uh, I've had my show. And all my life I've been a Gold Star family member. Okay. And my aunt, uh, my mother's sister, uh, got married in uh, 1942. And her husband, they were together for about two weeks. He shipped out and he never came home. He was killed in Italy. My aunt came to live with us and the war never ended for her. She was depressed. She was lonely. Um, kind of drank a lot. Every Saturday, my job was to take her to the South Weymouth Naval Air Station, fill the back up with beer, go to the package store, get some hard liquor, couple of cases of cigarettes, and that was her weekend, especially Memorial Day yeah. and Veterans Day. And I saw that the war never ended for her, and just somehow I had the opportunity. I was with ITT Tech. They said, we want to help some veterans come back to school. I got involved with the veterans community, and I saw what wasn't out there. I saw a lot that was, but I also saw a lot that wasn't. And we try to take care of the things that wasn't. Yeah. And, th and that's kind of what we specialize in. But that's why we have a gold star on our, yeah. on our flyer. Gold, blue, and white. Gold is for gold star family members. Blue is for serving uh, military members. And white is for suicide. Hmm. Okay. Well, I want to thank you very much for being here tonight. And we really uh, appreciate all that you do. And again, one more time, 
One Marymount Parkway in Quincy. It's Veterans Musical Festival Benefits and Career Expo. The Gathering of Heroes. And if folks ever want to see that flyer, if they can't seem to find it wherever they are naturally, go to WMEXBoston.com, click on Live Events, and the flyer is right there in beautiful detail. And don't forget to stay tuned immediately following this program for Greg Brasso's Veterans Voice. Thank you very much, Greg. This is The Courage to Hope, and this is Tony LaGreca. Thank you very much, and next week we'll have another guest of interest in the field of hope and courage. <laughs>